You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm John and I have another guest special for you. Um, back into the world of women's football and I have uh, current Rangers um, and Scotland international Rachel McLaughlin. Rachel, thanks for coming along. How are you? Yeah, no, I'm all good. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on it. Uh, quite looking forward to it. Uh, I'm glad to, because um, we've obviously um, had this uh, in the pipeline for a few months, uh, for a few weeks, and you've listened to mm-hmm. um, previous ones with Rachel Well, so thanks very much for coming on, and we like to promote the women's game. Um, got to start with the obvious, um, lockdown, um, you're not able to play just now, how are you coping? Yeah, obviously I was a bit uh, upset as it was when I obviously got announced that the, the league was kind of stopping. Obviously, I've just joined with Rangers as well, so I've only actually been in for about few weeks so I didn't want it to stop before Christmas never mind uh, obviously with the lockdown but um, it, it is what it is you know so I've managed to come back up home um, be with my family at least and uh, spend it up here so I'm just trying to fill up my days with with what I can really. Yeah good stuff so have you even made your Rangers debut yet? Yeah so I had two games I played against Motherwell and Glasgow City right at the end of December there um, and then we did, and then we broke up, obviously. So it was quite um, quite a short time. And then we were in for maybe a week after New Year. And then obviously with everything that happened, that was that was it, really. Yeah, I mean, how did you um, react when you when you found out that decision that um, you you weren't going to be playing any more football? For a few yeah, weeks obviously, I think at first, like, yeah, what kind of went down everyone's mind probably just a bit almost annoyed in a selfish kind of sense you know you, all you want to do is play football and that's kind of what what takes up your day in your life you know normally by the time I've trained in the afternoon that's normally me back in my bed so it's kind of hard to know that you're then going in back into a lockdown but I guess it's just what needs to happen at the moment so you've just got to kind of focus on that and focus what you can really do in, in the meantime. That's good and um, in terms of the mental health side of things it's also very challenging for everyone not just uh, footballers who can't play um, you know how, how have you girls been um, keeping spirits up I take it there's um, been a lot of um, catching up um, team meetings and zoom etc and uh, phone calls just to try and um, keep the banter going. Yeah no absolutely I mean I'm only FaceTime most of my friends like every day to kind of see how they're doing and whatnot and even with that, within the team, I think we have a meeting maybe um, every three times a week, maybe at the moment, mm-hmm. um, just going over certain things. You know, it's, it's quite nice to see friendly faces on the screen, if anything, anyway. Um, so it's quite nice to have a wee conversation with them and, and have a little meeting about, you know, whatever we're discussing on that day. Um, just to, you know, keep everyone going, really. Mm-hmm. And, and what have you been thinking about how the women's game in general has been treated um, over this is it just a case of one of these things or do you think they could um it's not it's not real fair that the top two um divisions in the men's game are allowed to keep going but the top at least the the top flight in the Scottish Women's Premier League has been told to stop yeah of course I think there's maybe a wee bit of that but again I don't know if that's me just thinking from a selfish point of view that I, I just won't be playing you know so it probably goes through your head and it probably has gone through like a lot of people's heads um but at the same time I'm very one with you know it is what it is you know people are having to sacrifice so many things throughout so I, I guess you've just got to kind of get on with it at this in the same kind of time you know 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I see that the the numbers are are slowly coming down. They're still quite high at Mm -hmm. the moment, higher than they were in the first lockdown. So we need to get them down, and hopefully, the vaccine rollout will um will make will make a big impact. Um, so we just got to do what we've we've got to do, and hopefully, there will be light at the end of the tunnel. And hopefully, your season will resume after the fourteenth of February. Yeah, I know. It's just what you've got to keep in your mind right now, isn't it? To try and stay as positive as you can. And that's I've not really looked into the lockdown any more than I've had to. Uh, just got to every date and then seen what kind of creeps up on me as it comes um, and just kind of hoping football will come back um, quickly, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know that it was only last week that they extended it um, from, because it should have been uh, Monday there as we speak that, um, mm-hmm. It was supposed to resume, um, and then last week they says well it's going to be extended to fourteenth. Um, so have Rangers been in contact with with you girls to say when they think it's likely to resume, or is it just a case of just keep doing until we tell you when it's likely to be? Yeah, I mean they've been in really good contact with us, um, kind of told, kept us up to speed with everything that they kind of get. I guess for like a lot of the teams as well. Right now we don't like they. No one really knows what's going to happen, so. They've kept us up to speed with what they know and, and what's happening. And I think at, at the moment we're just kind of going along with what comes out in the in the news and what the SFA reports back to the, the team and everything like that. So we just got to keep going with it until until things clear up, really. Yeah. And then what sort of things is, um, have you been up to, to, apart from training, have you been up to to try and keep yourself <laughs> amused during um, lockdown two or three, whatever episodes we're on now? Yeah, <laughs> losing track. Um no, because I've came home, it's quite good. I've got um, two dogs up here, so it's uh, quite handy. It kind of forces you out to get out in the fresh air and go for walks. And the walks are certainly getting longer just to drag out the days, <laughs> that's for sure. But by the time I've done the running in the morning and, you know, dogs in the afternoon, it, you know, that's probably most of my day filled up. And, I mean, I can't get off the PlayStation at the moment either. Um, and then <laughs> I find this new hobby in jigsaws, so like, they're the things to fill up my day at the moment. Uh it's a weird one, but uh, just trying to pick up anything I can, to be honest. <laughs> what, what, what's your main jigsaw just now? Oh, the jigsaw right now, I'm doing a Disney one with my mum. <laughs> I think we argue more about it than actually enjoy it, but, you know. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, um, You're you, you going to have to elaborate, because Disney um, doesn't exactly narrow it down. Well, true. It's uh, It's got all like the Disney characters watching it up the top and then in the middle has Mickey Mouse and whatnot playing the orchestra. you got to make it a good one, eh? <laughs> oh, that sounds tremendous. Um, my, my six-year-old um, won't look at jigsaws unless um, you try and make it fun. So um, no. I'll tell him that well, there's, there's a footballer at 23 thinking it's cool, so you can do it at six. <laughs> Exactly. It's what lockdown's brought out of me. <laughs> Never done it before. Yeah, it's certainly different from looking at a screen and looking at Netflix and stuff. So yeah. Um, oh, I know. I try not to go on it. I try. Yeah, it's, it's too tempting to be fair. But um, yeah, so we'll um, we'll move on from the the whole lockdown stuff. Um, so I'll take you back to um, what what got you into football in the first place, Rachel? Yeah, well, my family, like my mum, dad, grand granddads, um, they went to football games all the time when I originally, well, I was born in Livingston. So I went to all the Livingston games. Um, I used to go like home and away, <laughs> um, just everywhere, every game. So I guess I was always brought up around it in that sense. Um, and then my brother, who's only a year and a half younger as well, when he was born, um, was the exact same. So we just grew up kind of playing football together in the garden. You know, if we were going to walk, we had a ball with us. Um, so I guess just kind of my family just 
them being around me and being obsessed with football um, <laughs> kind of brought me doing that. Um, so I was watching it on the TV, playing it when I had the chance to play. So doing that and then my mum and dad would start taking me to tra- like little training sessions and whatnot. So uh, just from there, obviously, like my love kind of grew. Um, I did like other things like, you know, maybe dancing, um, gymnastics and whatnot. But it kind of took that time where football was kind of becoming more and more in you know, I remember mum and dad kind of saying, like, what, you know, what do you want to do? And I think it was quite an easy decision when it came to it. So I just put everything into football and then it just kind of went from there. Yeah, it's good. And I think when you were um, getting into football, it was kind of a good time for women's football because mm-hmm. Anna Senior came into the Scotland set um, up in 2005 um, and there was a, a big revolution. More girls teams were, were then from becoming more professional. From your point of view, when you were learning to play, um, what sort of teams did you play for? Was it mixed, um, like most girls around that that time? Or did uh, women girls teams then come in? Yeah, when I was growing up, I played with the boys a lot. Um, and to be honest, at, till this moment, like it probably helped me in some senses. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely makes you a bit more tough and whatnot playing against them. Um, but yeah, because I think maybe because my brother was playing, I think my mum and dad kind of managed to get me into a lot of like his training sessions and the uh, football. So when I was younger, I actually played in a a boys team, um, and I was the only girl in that point. So it was kind of hard because I I played in Limson, it was just a boys team, and then I moved up here, and there was. Um, hardly any football uh, as such so again I was playing with um, Ross County I was lucky enough to get in there um, with the boys until a certain age um, which I was really fortunate to do I think it took quite a lot of uh, discussions with my mum <laughs> phoning loads of coaches but uh, I got in there so I think I played boys until I was maybe 15 um, before I started traveling to like Aberdeen and uh, Banff kind of way in Perth to try and play with the uh, an under-15 girls team, so uh, I did play with boys quite a lot before. Yeah, and how much do you think that that brought on your game, you know, um, coming up against boys? And, and from from your mentality, was it always, um, you always feel as though when you're playing against these guys, was show them that girls can play too? Yeah, I think there was definitely a bit of that. I think, especially when you went into a boys team, you had to prove that you could actually play football, because they also had that mindset of, oh, we don't want a girl on our team kind of thing, and especially playing against boys it was kind of the same like oh what's you know what am I coming against here but I think like that kind of probably you know um put me in the, the mood almost to to want to do better and and want to beat them and uh you know be a good a- uh, asset for the team so I think in that in that way it probably did help me in some ways um but also just with you know playing against boys they're obviously tough they're fast most of them can play like quite good football. Um, so I had to get up to that kind of standard. So I think even back then, it probably helped me a lot. Oh, that's, that, that is excellent. And it got you, obviously, um, a move up to Inverness. Um, how did that move come about, Inverness City? Yeah, um, I, Inverness were actually really good for me. Um, I played, like I was saying, just there with the under-15s down in Perth and um, Banff for, I think, both for a year each. Um but whilst I was doing that, I was lucky enough that Inverness let me train with them because um, I couldn't actually sign with Inverness till I was 16 just because at that point they were in the professional league, uh, obviously the top league. Um, so I wasn't actually able to sign with them yet. So I was lucky that they let me um, train with them rather than having to trek down a couple hours to train each week. Um, so that was quite good, actually, um, to have that. Um, so, yeah, I, I went in there and then done that for a bit. 
Yeah, how much did you enjoy your um, time at Inverness for that season that you were there? Yeah, no, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, all the girls there are lovely. I, I think I speak to quite a lot of them even still, or at least keep in contact. Um, I think my mum and dad still go down and watch some of their games if they can't watch football uh, down where I am or on the TV. I think they quite enjoy it still. Um, you know, obviously they know the girls and whatnot, so it's probably quite nice for them to still do that. But it was a really nice team to be involved with, and especially at that age playing with girls that were you know older than me um I think I had a lot to look up to you know inspire to be with so I think that helped yeah definitely and then you move on to Aberdeen and Aberdeen had quite a decent team at that point because um the yeah. first season they finished fifth the second season there they finished fourth um they then went on a bit of a downward spiral before mm-hmm. they merged with the 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 more with the club side and because I was speaking to Emma Hunter about them um, recently and yeah. um, talking about them, they look, look as though they're going to come back up. But how much did you enjoy your time in the Granite City? Yeah, no, I had a really good time when I was down there. Like like you said, we had quite a good team, um, a good uh, group of girls to be around as well, um, which always helped. Um, within that time, I think it was it was hard because I was going down and training. Um, some of the nights and playing the games, but traveling from up here, so it was quite a lot to balance the schoolwork on the on the train on the way down and then training and then, you know, I was getting back up about midnight. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I was all it was all worth it, and I think everyone helped me. I mean, like I had girls picking me up from the train station, dropping me off after training and whatnot. Um, so yeah, it was a good group, and you know, especially with being in that league, um, I really enjoyed my time actually. Yeah, and obviously you're coming up against them. Um... You know, more more senior women in, at, at that point, um, mm-hmm. you know, like the Glasgow City and Hibs, etc. You know that, and you're getting in as a 17, 18 year old coming up against these yeah. girls. Um, you know, that must have been a real education for you. No, absolutely, it was. Yeah, um, I think that's probably some of it why I enjoyed it, just how competitive that you know it was, and every game that I went in with Aberdeen, you know, I knew it was going to be quite a challenge and quite hard going. Um, so it's not like you could have a day off kind of thing. You were going in to play a proper game of football against people that were older than you, more experienced than you. But I suppose that's kind of the joy of it at the end of the day. Yeah, and from there you you make a move to to Hibs women who really have been doing well over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, got a really good setup there. But as you know, we're speaking to Rachel Boyle, as you know, as Rachel yeah. Small. And um, you know, um, and. You know, a good few years there, and uh, you know, a lot of success as well. Um, what was it? Three Scottish Cups and a couple of League Cups as well. Yeah, yeah, we done uh, done quite well during that time. I, I was um, thinking of this just uh, not that long ago. Me, my, me and my mum were out on a walk, and I mean, she talks about football all the time as well, so it just reminds me of every kind of memory. But you know, we had such a good squad back then. Um, you know, um, so I think that kind of really really helped us within them cups and. You know, we were kind of always pushing for the league and never kind of managed it during that kind of time with with Hibs, obviously. But uh, yeah, like again, I think I probably say it for every team that I've actually been in. Uh, it was a really good group of girls. We all got on really well. Um, obviously, stayed there for quite a while as well, three seasons, which was more than I had beforehand. Um, and because I was actually living in Edinburgh, I got to know the girls really well. So it kind of was my first team I proper almost settled in. Um, yeah. So yeah, I really enjoyed my time there. Yeah, and you know, in terms of uh, settling in the, is you were you you played at, um in defence and midfield at times, didn't you? Perhaps. Yeah, I, more for him. I played more right mid. Um, 
I've always quite fancied um, right back, even from when I was a bit younger. But um, right wing seemed to kind of suit me in that in that time. So uh, I quite enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, going going and attacking. But um, there's something about defending that I like. I think it's the tackles or whatnot, <laughs> the dirty side of the game kind of thing. But um, yeah, I don't mind either. I mean, if I'm on the pitch, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's that's the best way of looking at it. And as we say, exactly. you've you've come through with um, you know, some players who, who were Scotland at the as well. Rachel again, we mentioned Joel Murray, um, Jenna Fife and Goal. Um, no, re- really good team that you had. Yeah, no, we we really did. Um, like like you're pointing out, some really quite key players within that team. Um. And I've been lucky enough to kind of play along with them. And, and like I said almost before, you know, I've always had people to look up look up to. And as much as we had a good squad, it was um, the training, you know, the intensity was high. You know, everything around it kind of helped that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And the only thing, as you mentioned, that you didn't get hold of was the league t- titles uh, medal. Not for the lack of trying, obviously, but um, there yeah. was a good Glasgow City team who have obviously won every league title for the last 13 years. But yeah. um, and what do you think was the main reason, apart from Glasgow having a good side, what was the main reason that you think Hibs were the bridesmaids in terms of league um, standards? Yeah, I don't know. Like I say, obviously what we pointed out before, we kind of had a few of the cups and everything like that. So it wasn't, you know, not doable. Um, I don't know if it was the mindset, you know, it could, it could honestly be anything. I think maybe we had quite a young team and when it came to quite a pressurised game and, Again, try and look such a you know a very experienced, um, well, good side of Glasgow City. We just we just couldn't seem to do it, um, and I suppose that's how they've been so successful over the last thirteen years. You know, they they just managed to win games, and you know that's what it comes down to, really. Yeah, definitely. It's just um, I mean Glasgow know how to get the job done, um, but uh, whilst you're at Hibs, you know, you're not only we winning um, cups and um, not performing very well. It got you elevation to the Scotland squad after 13 under 19 caps. Um, you then made your debut. The game's probably one not to remember, um, losing 7 0 to Holland. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, just talk about that moment as a 19 year old making your debut. Yeah, no, I mean, it's probably one of the highlights of my career, uh, for sure. You know, getting, even being called up into it, I wasn't really expecting anything. Um, it was quite nice the fact it was in Limston as well. Um, that was quite special to me, I think, to get my first cap after living there. Um, my grand and granddad being able to be in the crowd. Um, I think it was just a, re- a really nice moment. I mean, I'm not going to lie, when I was getting called up, I mean, I was uh, just a tad nervous going onto the pitch, especially seeing how good the side we were playing, obviously. But uh, yeah, I suppose when I was on the pitch, I wasn't really thinking of that. Um, the nerves were obviously there, but there was so much excitement to 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 being able to say even at that moment that I've played for my country and whatnot. Um, so yeah, it's a really special moment for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was a, obviously a tough um, examination, but you must have done something right within even that game and other caps mm-hmm. because you then make um, the Euro 2017 squad and um, mm-hmm. you get on against Portugal. Again, it's a game that is... That was the game that probably cost Scotland their place in the quarterfinals, to be fair, yeah. rather than the England game. Um, but, you know, being one of the first women to represent your country at major finals, um, just that's just a um, tremendous honour that I'm sure you'll cherish. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, I remember like everything about it, um, the way it was all kind of done and you were watching to see if your name kind of came up on the screen and, you know, just sitting there with everyone I kind of knew and, 
when it did actually happen, you know, I was ecstatic. I don't think the, the smile came off my face for a good while. Um, but no, again, like I said, with the first cap, like it's another thing to kind of look back on. I think like I really did, you know, I was involved in that. And I think that's a really kind of special thing that I'll hold throughout my whole career. Um, there's just certain things that kind of stand out. And that was definitely one for me. Yeah, without a doubt. And, uh, you know, it's... How how welcome um how encouraging are you know some of the more senior players like the likes of Caroline Muir and uh, you know Leanne Crichton um, who have all, Rachel Corsi who've gone on to yeah. do some great things and then um, Gemma Fay the goalkeeper who had two hundred caps um just you know how supportive were they um to you you know welcoming you to the group and encouraging you to keep doing better when you were in the team yeah no they helped a lot I think even from going in and having people like that to look up up to you know at quite a young age it was that's just something that I, I left every camp being like, I want to be that kind of better person um, and player by looking, you know, looking at them and just seeing like how much I actually can grow into a player. Um, but definitely, I think even from when I almost first went in, everyone's very welcoming. Um, they all try and help you through training. Maybe if you make a mistake or there's maybe just a better thing you can do, you know, they're they're the ones that kind of tell you maybe what, what's to do and they definitely demand that kind of intensity. So, uh, it's really good going in and, and being in that kind of group. Yeah, and playing under Anna Signol, who, who say that was her last um, adventure, good way for it about by being in that tournament. Um, just just talk about the um, inspiration that she has um, to to you girls. Yeah, of course. Even if you look back um, throughout her time and you know what she's done within the Scotland uh, Scottish leagues, you know she's took the women's game on so much. Um, so we've got a lot to be thankful for. But even within the international team, like you said, about getting to the Euros and, you know, taking us there. And even throughout my time, I think she helped me a lot throughout um, maybe even meetings, talking to me. Get, I suppose she gave me the chance to to go in and play. Um, and that experience is really treasured. So, yeah, I've got a lot I've got a lot to owe as well as obviously quite a lot of other other people in the in the Scottish game, really. Yeah, she's the one that's really put Scottish women in the map because before she came in, there was time Scotland didn't even enter qualification for yeah. a major final. So, you know, the fact she's come in and, um, you know, enhanced the standards and you just see the women's game now, you know, it's not all down to her, but she was certainly a major driving force. Yeah, no, of course, exactly. Um, you can see in the game grown now um, and hopefully it kind of just continues that way now that, you know, Anna's maybe managed to do that and, you know, as it comes on, players are getting better, the league's getting better, and then you know, just going up from there. So, um, hopefully, it kind of continues in that in that positive way. Yeah, and 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 in Holland and um, during during those finals, um, you know, you get you get the perception that when that you are all alone um, for you know four weeks, can't really go anywhere. But did you just get the chance to let your hair down at least one night in between games, or was it a case of wait till the tournament's finished before you did that? Yeah, it was very late to the tournaments kind of finished. It was a, a long time and, I mean, we were doing lots of fitness at the start and, you know, just getting prepared. We were kind of in before it all happened. And, again, it didn't really seem like we almost needed a break. I think it was just done quite well where everything like that just kind of rolled into one. And, uh, I mean, it was an intense in the mindset. And, and after that, you certainly needed a, a downtime period. But... Uh, it was just really enjoyable to even be part of so uh, it was very much concentrated on the games coming up you know yeah definitely um, but Scotland um, in that those tournaments um, this is where the women's got to feel what the men's um, used to go through major mm-hmm. tournaments um, going out by one goal 
as it turned out after um, despite beating Spain. Mm. You know, it's just that that the latest instalment of glorious failure. You know, that must have been absolutely pig sick at that time. Yeah, of course. I, I suppose it's just the way Scotland do it, isn't it? That's what what everyone says. Um, but no, of course, at the time it was a it was a hard one to take, um, like it would in any case or any team. You know, even in general, when you lose a normal game and even if it's a friendly match, you know, there's something within you that just hates it. So when it's played on a bigger scale, more people watching, you're wanting to get through international. You know, it hurts just that a little bit more in some ways. Yeah, definitely. Um, in terms of um, yourself in the international career, it's stalled somewhat because you haven't um, had an appearance since 2018. Um, obviously, meant you're missing the World Cup. What was the reason um, that, um, you, in your eyes, do you think, that having played at a major tournament at the age of 19, that there's now been a three-year um, exodus from international football? Yeah, I guess I'm I'm not too sure. <laughs> um, I just kind of go along with it. Um, I try and play the best I can on the pitch. Um, I know there's things that I need to go and improve. Um, and within that, like I, I know kind of the drills that need to be done and that might be on the pitch, off the pitch, um, throughout training. So I guess in my mindset, you know, obviously you're, you're a bit upset or disappointed as such when you maybe don't get picked after being involved. But it's such a competitive squad now as well the the girls if you look into the, the squad are you know so good um really experienced and there's so many of them so it, you know it's going to be difficult no matter what um and when you look into the team after you realize like maybe you have been picked you, you can kind of almost see why um so I guess I just got to kind of keep working uh working away and try and improve and then try and get back into the squad almost well, you're still only 23, so you know it's, um, it's not as if you're a, you're a veteran. You've got plenty mm-hmm. of time on your sides, and um, I see that Leanne Crichton um, d- decided to retire. Um, you know, because yeah, obviously yeah. the World Cup in two years' time, etc., is just getting a bit much. So, you know, just talk about um, you know what, your reaction when you heard that um, she was um, retiring. Sorry, it kind of froze a wee bit there. Sorry. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Le- Leanne Crichton's obviously made the decision to step away from international football um, after 70 odd caps. You know, um, she's a name that's obviously synonymous with women football. Just um, just, just sum up, yeah, um, you know, that um, the achievement that she's managed to do because she is one of the driving forces, I say, behind the um, no reason women's football in Scotland at the moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think she's had such a, a great international career, um, something to, to really look up, you know, up for. And, um, you know, I had managed to play with her with Glasgow City as well. And you can see the impact she has if she's not playing um, or if she's on the pitch, even if maybe that's through speaking um, to one another, you know, the communication, the experience she has to break up a play you know, the passage you can pick out, you know, she's a very good player, um, very good in the middle of the pitch. And, and she was just like that um, internationally. Um, so I was kind of lucky to have um, played with her at club and in the international, mind you. Um, so, yeah, yeah, really good player. And, you know, one to who should certainly be proud of what she's achieved. Yeah, without a doubt. She's a former guest of the show as well, so a big oh. shout out to, uh, to <laughs> Leanne. And I interviewed her for Tartan Magazine as well. So, um, right, you know, yeah. she's been... Um, She's been she's been very good to us, so yeah, me show. So um, good luck yeah. to Leanne if you listen to this. Um, and but whilst Leanne's moving on, there might be opportunities for 
you know, younger players coming back in, and for yourself maybe coming back in. There's also um, a new manager now. Um, I know it's a temporary manager just now for these next two games. Um, but how hopeful are you of um, you know, coming in when we're in the dark blue again? Yeah, I suppose each time um, it kind of puts places up um, up to count since it is someone new kind of coming in and they might not know that much about the team or they might see different things and different players. So, you know, it does give you that bit of chance. Um, but again, I think it comes down to you just need to keep working hard within within your game, um, what you're doing, how you can affect yourself. Um, so I guess you just got to kind of focus on you and, and see if they're you know, um, that kind of call comes. Yeah, well, if you keep going the way you're going and you improve at Rangers, then there's no reason why you can't be in the international team again. And um, is there a preferred? Who would you like to see um, get the Scotland job? Oh God, that's quite a hard question. I've always kind of thought, like in in my mindset, it'd be quite interesting someone kind of out with. Um, knowing people and being in Scotland. Um, mm-hmm. God knows who that is. I've never really thought of a, a certain person, but it would just be quite interesting to see someone who was completely new uh, mm-hmm. coming in. Um, but at the same time, I think, obviously, Stuart was in the boys' um, side and whatnot, and I think he'll do a really good job for the next few games as well. And, you know, we've had people in that that hasn't been the case and still done really well. So I think just that's probably just my kind of thought, but... I, I couldn't put a name on it. I don't think I'd have to go away and have a good think about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, to be, I mean, so basically, what you're saying is almost like, almost like an Anna your type. Like she was unknown when she came over here. Yeah, it could take someone yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, just even something like that. Just, I think if it, if anything, it would just be interesting to see, you know, how it kind of, how it kind of went and whatnot. But again, uh, like I say, it could be anyone and whatnot. Yeah, I mean that's obviously for executives to decide, not you and me. I mean, yeah, um, the one that the, the one that probably stands out in my mind. Now, bear in mind my um, knowledge of women's football is quite limited, but I think um, it's almost tailor made for Scott Booth, um, given his success oh, right, um, yeah. at, Glas- at Glasgow City. You know, there's almost how much further can he take them? This could be a good step up for him. Yeah, no, I, I mean, obviously playing under him for a good um, year or so, year and a half, and. It was a really good coach. Really brought me in um, and done well for me. So I would, I'd be happy with that as well. To be honest, if yeah, um, whether it's something he would do or not, I'm, I'm not really sure. But um, like you saying, he'd done so well with Glasgow City over the last few years. So I, I can't see why he wouldn't do well either. Yeah, it could be a sure. But it's, it's interesting that you know the Scotland women's jobs coming up, and we're talking about um, candidates from both sexes um, vying for the position which is something that you don't get at all um, on the male side. Um, you know, how frustrating do you, do you find that when you see when you look at the men's game, you don't even see, um, not even just managers, but even in coaching, senior coaching positions, there's not a female employee in, in sight, and there's some that probably has to change. Yeah, yeah, I would say so, and I think it probably will be something that probably does change um, over the next few years, just, just probably like everything else, um, to be honest with you. In that kind of sense, um, I guess I'm not really sure exactly why that you know is the case, um, and men getting you know more and more of the the coaching roles. But uh, every female that I've maybe worked under, you know, has just done just as good a job. So uh, I'm sure it'll be something that kind of comes along. Yeah, it's going to be a um, a brave um, executive, chief executive, chairman that makes that call to um, you know allow a female to manage the team and f- equally for. 
um, a manager to bring a female into coaching staff. Maybe one day those barriers will be broken. Um, but moving back on to your club career, um, so after leaving Hibs um, at the start of 2019, you decided to go to down, try and look down south at Yeovil for six months. How did you find that experience? Yeah, obviously it was quite short-lived just with everything that kind of happened um, financially. Um, at the time, I wasn't down for that long. Um, but whilst I was down there, um, I've probably been picking up every single team that I've mentioned, but I really enjoyed my time kind of down there with the, the team that we had and, you know, just playing in that league as well. Like I was saying even before, a very competitive league. Um, so I was playing, you know, like your Man Cities or Chelsea's and, you know, it was it was really, really tough going for sure. Mm-hmm. I think a, a lot of running was covered um, throughout the games more than anything. Um, but it was a really good day. Uh, group of coaches and and the girls that were involved and I really loved the training um that was down there and it was my kind of first step of being a professional footballer as such um mm. kind of before was kind of part-time and whilst I was down there I was still trying to do my dissertation so it was it was interesting I was flying up quite a bit and trying to do meetings and it, uh, it was definitely interesting over the, that six months but I, I fully enjoyed my time I, and I'm really glad I did it. Uh, that, that would have been a good education coming up against, you know, the elite players um, in one of the most mm-hmm. prestigious um, women's leagues of, around. Um, you know, coming up against, you know, Man City have pumped a lot of money in, Chelsea have pumped mm-hmm. a lot of money in, Manchester United are starting to go that way. Um, Arsenal have obviously been established for so many years. Um, and I know it was short-lived, but is it something that you would consider again further down the line? I mean, obviously, I know you're happy um, at Rangers. I'm not trying to take you away from Rangers, but <laughs> if that opportunity came along um, again to go down south, um, would it be something that you'd try again? Yeah, of course. I think um, I obviously enjoyed my time while I was down there. Um, like you say, like I'm obviously really happy with where I am at the moment, but it's not like I would shut down. Um, certain things down south if it was ever to arise it's certain that would be very open to you know I'm not setting a certain place as such um, so it'd be something that I would look at um, if it if it did come up kind of thing I fully enjoyed my time down there so I don't see why I wouldn't yeah but when you did come back up um, you also joined the number one team in um, the mm-hmm. women's game Glasgow City um, you win the league and then you play in um an incredible Scottish Cup final, um, 4-3 yeah. against your old club, Hibs. Um, and I love to go by Claire Shine at the end. Um, what what a way that is to um, win a Cup final. You know, when we were asked last season, what was your, your favourite goal of the season? That actually won mine. I thought it was just a tremendous yeah. piece of skill. Um, and what a way to win it. And what a great advert for women's football that was. No, I know. I think it's probably my favourite goal of my, my career. And I never even scored it. Um, it was such a good goal and the fact she pretty much done it all on her own as well you know it was something special and you know right near the end after like a well fought out game like you say but as well like it was credit to Hibs as well it was a really good you know game played by both sides and um, really showed I think it was really nice that we had quite a good crowd and you know the whole kind of thing back in it Um, so I think it was really good that both teams kind of went out to go and win and probably why the reason there was plenty of goals um, but yeah, no, Shiny's goal is definitely one that will stay with me for a good while. Yeah, definitely. I think because of the pr- problems that she's ended up having, unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's probably a more special moment to look back on as well. And um, again, we wish Claire all, all the best. Um, I'm, I'm glad she's in a better place now because obviously things weren't great in the summer. So, no, yeah. good shout out to her. And Leanne scored a good goal that game as well. 
Yeah, no, I remember that. One. Yeah, I think I remember all that, all that game. To be honest, I could relive it um, within a mm-hmm. within a minute. Um, yeah, there were some really good goals um, scored within the game. Um, I think each one was so special because it was always going to be a tight game. So each one was kind of like you thought each team was kind of winning. And it was going back and forth, and uh, it just seemed to be one of them games where you didn't know where it was going to go. You know, even right at the end, I, I remember Hibs scoring quite late on and thinking, "Oh God, like is this it?" Kind of thing, and thankfully we managed to. Well, shiny pretty much saved us to be fair so uh, I'm glad it went that way at the end Yeah definitely and is that would you, would you say that's one of the most special games that you've played in just because of um, the fact it was a seven goal thriller and you came away with a winner's medal Yeah I think it was quite a special one um, I mean the, the first time I won the Scottish Cup with Hibs um, was quite I don't know every time you you win a cup eh, it's it sticks with you um I think that was probably the best game within a cup final I played within though for sure I think you know the other games were maybe obviously not you know, not as many goals are scored um so that was definitely the best game I've been in so maybe that makes it a bit more special but if you're lifting the cup at the end I suppose you don't matter too much either <laughs> yeah you probably aren't talking the same way if you were on the end of the 4 three defeat to be fair so yeah, um, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's easy when you're on the winning side definitely um, <laughs> but no it was a uh, it was a great, great but a few four Scottish Cup um, wins in a row I make that I mean um, you, you're hoping that can t- I, know. I know it's been cancelled this season but um, when the next comes involved you'll yeah. be hoping to make it five in a row with a third different club I know. Well, fingers crossed. Mum keeps reminding me, so I'm going to have to do it somehow. I'll hear her morning for the a good while after. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously um, you you played one league game, then COVID hit. Um, there was no football mm-hmm. for months, and then before then, though, you had the Champions League um, success against the Bronby and a penalty shootout. Um, after being two up from the first leg, you then lose two 0 It goes to penalties. And just talk about the nerves of that night and then Lee Alexander um, pulling out a couple of tremendous saves to get you through. Yeah. Oh, it was horrible. (laughs) I think the the moment I actually first breathed was after Lee saving us from that one as well. Um, Bromby are a really good side and I think we've done well going away and, you know, managing to get two goals um, on such a a really big pitch. That's all I remember. The pitch being huge, uh, probably dying within the first five minutes. And obviously when we were away, we scored... Um, with uh, two minutes in, and I remember looking at the clock. I think every ten minutes after that, just hoping the game would kind of end. Uh, but obviously, when we, you know, they came over here. Um, yeah, we went two 0 down, which probably shouldn't have uh, let them do as such. Um, but I mean, even throughout that game, Lee was making such good saves, had a really good game, and then. From that game, I was kind of like, no, Lee's, you know, Lee's in the right mindset. She's got this, and um, I mean, they had a good keeper too, and thankfully the girls put it away. Um, Kind of most most of their most of their penalties, but um, yeah, Lee was just she was unstoppable that game. Was she? She was she was very very good um, and definitely saved us. So very thankful to have her in the goals there. Yeah, she's definitely been a good goalkeeper, and um, mm-hmm. she'll probably have been pleased with that moment after what happened to her in the World Cup as well. And um, she's since yeah. going on to do the same pretty much um, when Glasgow played the. The team from Ireland early in the competition, um, yeah, making a couple of saves. So um, she's certainly got that in her locker. Um, but then, obviously, when COVID hit, and um, then when you are asked to come back, you're asked to play a Champions League game against the best team in Germany, who has a couple of months um, run at a game. Yeah. You guys, you girls, don't even get a friendly 
Um, I think you got one friendly if you were lucky. Um, yeah. Needed special funding to get over um, to Spain to play that game. I mean that. I, I think that I think that whole thing was just farcical. Um, it was already going to be tough enough, and then you're handicapped, and then obviously Wolfsburg turn it on and. Yeah, of I mean, I think even when we first pulled them out, you know, it, it was a ridiculously hard game. You know, even if we were still training and playing our games and and whatnot, and COVID obviously hadn't hit, um, it would have been the exact same, you know, kind of situation. They're a very, very good squad. But obviously when we went back into training and, you know, we were kind of lucky we were getting tested and being able to do that because I think there was, you know, a bit of a scare that I wouldn't be the case. Um you know, we were lucky to be able to go in and obviously we did fly out and like you say, I mean they were they were unbelievable. <laughs> I think I can't, I remember trying to chase one of their wingers and it was always like miles behind. Um yeah, very, very good side, you know, with the ball and you know, they just managed to, to score goals and pass the ball about you almost. But um mm-hmm. I remember thinking after that game, I mean I know it was a big score line uh, it probably was always set up to be in, in some cases. Um I wish we kinda kept it down to a few more you know, a few less. Um, I think we deserved a few less, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of remember coming off the pitch and thinking, look, like every single player on this pitch gave their absolute all. Um, I think that was all that could kind of have been asked at that point. And, you know, to play against such a good team and squad as well, that's it's quite a memory, to be honest, even be involved within the, court, the quarterfinals. So um, it's probably just trying to keep a positive mindset on, on that game, kind of. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a good experience getting that far. You know, um, team team from Scotland's given that you know we talk about England being a prestigious league. Germany is probably an even more prestigious league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- their successes in the World Cup um, prove it, and uh, obviously their club sides are proven. I think Wolfsburg reached the final. Um, Leon beat them. Um, so yeah. it's a very um, you know that's a very high standard that you're up against. So you did. You, no. I mean, I think to be fair in the circumstances. Um, you did well to even get a goal from being brutal honest. I'm not being disrespectful. That's just I know. I mean, it is. No, I know to get through the ninety minutes. That's <laughs> more I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But no, a great. What should have been a great experience. Um, it's just turned to be a yeah. bit sore with the lack of preparation. But yeah. Anyway, um, so you meant so you you signed that pre-contact with Rangers and then um go in at um start of December. What was mm-hmm. what was the lure that took you um you know to that club? Yeah, I think um, obviously we signed the contract. I had a good think about it. Um, talked to people that you know had experience with all that, family, friends, um, just to see if it was about kind of moving. I think after I spoke to Kev, Malky, and Amy, I didn't really have to think about it much more. I kind of had my mindset on it. Um, I think just everything they offered. Um, I mean, the coaching staff are great. Um, I know a lot of the, I actually know a lot of the girls anyway already from probably being within Hibs. <laughs> that seemed to be like quite a lot of the old Hibs team. Um, but also just playing with them, you know, through youth internationals and being around the, the women's game. And I knew it was a great bunch. And, you know, that is definitely the case from now being in it. Um, you know, they're all very friendly. I, I felt like I just walked into a team I already knew. Um, so I, with that as well, like I knew, you know, knowing the girls and the intensity of that training and games we played that was quite a lure. Um, and like I say, just the, the coaching, um, the facilities they have, obviously being involved yeah. within a, you know, one club um, and again, being back in a proper professional setup. Um, I just thought that's kind of where I could next improve, really. 
Yeah, I mean they've, they're certainly putting a lot of money into. I mean the team. Mm-hmm. I'm right in saying the team are full time now as well. Yeah, um yeah. And you know they've brought, they, they've, they're really putting it where the mouth is. You know Nicola Docherty went across. Jenna Fife went over. Lizzie mm-hmm. Anna, I think, is a tremendous signing as well. Um, you know, Kirsty Howitt, you know another one from yeah. your Glasgow City team. Um, and then uh, Sonia Neal as well coming in. I mean it's yeah. it's a re- it's a really powerful squad at the moment. And uh, I mean. They lost the old firm game early in the season, but um, they've now gone top of the table. That, as you say, one of your first games in, you, you yeah. played Glasgow sitting batter than five 0 I mean, that was a, an eye opener because Glasgow had won every game up until then. I know, but I didn't really see it ever kind of going that way. Um, it was quite a weird game. I think both both teams could have probably played better. I don't think it was a, probably a great one to watch. I remember phoning my mum and dad after, and even them saying that kind of thing. Um, but at the end of the day, I think we took our chances. Um, we went out and tried to win the game, and, and we managed to, um, especially against such a professional side. Um, so it was a really kind of quite a big moment. But again, you know, this well at the time, I thought there's still quite a bit of the season to play. You know, you can't really get too ahead of yourself. So we just kind of need to see how it kind of plays out. But like I say, it was quite nice to come in at that point and manage to get two two wins from the two games we we played in. And mention some of those um, t- those those players there. Did they have um, any hand in you um, joining Rangers, or was it just a, a complete no-brainer anyway? I think yeah, definitely. I think they probably did. You could kind of see the direction of where the club was going with the signings that they were kind of bringing in. Um, I think, like you say, like you'd obviously mentioned a few, and and there's definitely a few more. But even some of the girls that are, you know were originally there from the start um, are still very good players. So. I think just as a whole, I think it was a big thing. But yeah, definitely seeing the girls that were signing, it it just showed where the club was wanting to go, and you know that kind of excited me in, in some ways. So definitely was um, some some part of my decision. Yeah, I, I know I know Nicola from um, reading a lot of her stuff on Twitter. She's very active and very passionate about mm-hmm. the um, about Rangers. You know, is that rub off um, in the training pitch as well? Yeah, I think definitely. I mean, obviously the big fans and Kirsty Howitt's a big fan. Um, so I think you know both of them both love being there just just as much as obviously all the rest of us. But I think it's quite special to them. And you know Nick Nick's quite like that on the pitch anyway. Um, she's very enthusiastic about everything, and it, you know it's good. It, she's she's really good within the within the team, and you know keeps everyone in check. Yeah, and there's definitely a good a feel good factor among strangers in general because they're steamrolling to winning the league. Um, you know, to stop Celtics ten in a row, or in Rangers' case, getting their fifty-fifth title, um, and then the women's team are now have now gone top of the league after um, you no know, a terrific start to the season. Um, it must be. Um, how, I mean, do you get much interaction with um, the men's team as well? Because obviously, you're both full time. You you tra- you train pretty much the same area. Yeah, I mean, like you see, you have you can see them. Like I know, you know, they train like a wee bit further behind where we are and you've kind of seen them about in a few of them but I think just as with COVID you kind of it's all restricted yeah. at the moment um obviously especially when I joined it I think a bit before the COVID there was talks about being a bit more closer with the men's team and you know you'd go after training and have lunch and you'd all sit together and have your meals in there whilst right now you're kind of like picking up your meal and you're leaving um mm. so obviously everything's quite different right now so it's another thing to look forward to hopefully you know, when we kind of start coming out of this, hopefully, sometime soon. <laughs> and how much inspiration um, do you take from 
you know what the main the main team is. I know you've got your own identity, um, and but you do have the same goals. Your your goals are to win your league at the end of the day. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I think they like like you said, like they're doing incredible this season. Um, and that's both within the league and other competitions, and they're playing some really nice football. And I know, like you said, well, obviously we have our own identity, but I think like a, in a lot of ways, maybe in the framework, you know, it's it's quite good to watch how they play and see maybe your own position and you know go off that as well so it's been a joy to watch on this season and uh, hopefully continue continue their ways yeah um, and the only thing that's really missing from your game at the moment is the crowds um, we don't yeah. know when that'll happen obviously with the things now um, any talk of crowds come back I personally think before the summer is is nil but mm-hmm. maybe getting into ne- next season um how much I, mean, I know women's football doesn't get a lot of crowds anyway but yeah. there was starting but we are obviously trying to promote the game and maybe women's crowd, football is something that people can go back to how much would you love to um, see the crowds returning at some point yeah no I, I would love it I think I've been saying even over the last wee bit like it must be hard on the men you know who get massive massive crowds and you know it must have mm-hmm. such an impact on games because even you realise that when you're playing your games now, um, and like you said, maybe we don't we don't get nearly as as much as the men, obviously. So it, it does have a wee impact, and I think it'll just be nice to to have people being able to watch again, and you know, hopefully that can slowly return as uh, as time kind of goes on. Yeah, definitely. I think there's there's obviously an appetite, um, but you know, unfortunately now because of new strains, etc., you can't really have the conversation um, mm-hmm. at the moment. So, and the Scottish Government, rightly or wrongly, um, they've got some difficult decisions um, to make. I wouldn't want to be in their position. So, no, um, no as, as, as much as we don't want to accept as football fans, maybe it is for the right um, reasons as, as things yeah. stand at the moment. Um, no, of course, I think being like that with, with pretty much everything that's been going on, eh, we don't want to be in lockdowns and things but you just gotta bide your time until you know things drop back down to almost normal at least oh, definitely not and in terms of um rangers ambitions that we were touch- touching on obviously the main goal is to become the number one women's team in scotland mm-hmm. um but in terms of europe um is there ambitions that that rangers can emulate what glasgow set have achieved by getting to the quarterfinals of the champions league or is there thoughts that maybe they can try and go a bit further Although it's going to be so difficult with some of the the leagues from you know England and Germany yeah, and France, as we've spoken about before. I think um, in our mindset, we're not going to say like we're going to go win anything within the Champions League thing. But I think if you don't ever aim for that, then you're never going to get anywhere close to it. You know, so I think you know we'll we'll try and focus on what we can do within the league this season or next season or you know kind of whatever happens with the within the league at the moment, but. Um, obviously you've got to kind of aim you know that I think most teams within the league would want to win you know so we're definitely wanting to go out and, and do our best and I think with the team we've got we're definitely capable capable of you know trying to get the league and, and maybe going on like you say to, to Europe and you know having a fair shot at it um, I think right now we were quite lucky with Glasgow City to get that far and I think we've done really well as you say as a Scottish club but like we were even speaking, the, the game's kind of progressing so well and I think the Scottish League's improving a lot, so you just got to kind of see how that goes, but it's, it's definitely something to aim for or to even look for. So Yeah, definitely. You've got to aim high sometimes and you just never know what can happen. Mm-hmm. In terms of um, you know, what's coming through the academy, is there a lot to get excited about for not just Rangers, but um, Scotland going forward with what's coming through uh, Murray Park or whatever it's called these days? 
<laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. No, definitely. Yeah, there's uh, uh, younger girls coming in, and you know, there's a couple in the moment um, training and and whatnot, and seeing them around. It'll be quite nice, obviously, with COVID kind of going away, so that there's more of a connection. Um, obviously, it's quite hard. Like like I say, like I've only been in three weeks really and I wouldn't even count the last week there so maybe only two um so it's quite hard to kind of see everyone that's about and and the younger ones of it's definitely something that I want to do when I kind of can go back in um but I mean there's been talk and I've heard of uh, a few good players coming up so it'll be interesting it must it must be um, refreshing to know that you know when you join a new club it can be daunting and then obviously you've got that situation but it must be more um, relaxing for you knowing like the, some of the players that we talked about before who you've known from both your hubs in Glasgow City mm-hmm. days to help you settle in yeah no definitely I think coming along as well like we'd said earlier Kirsty and um, Sam Kerr who came with me when you have like two of like people that you're same age with very close you know quite close friends with them the both of them that definitely makes it easier walking in with someone you know Um so that definitely helped kind of ease any nerves and like I said before I think there's honestly maybe about six of us that used to play with heads together um something like that anyway quite a lot so I played with the girls before and you know know them quite well um people that I would still talk to um and then the ones that I, I don't know as well you know I still know of and and know their names and you know they're probably the first ones to come up and introduce themselves so it's a, a very close team so it's it's, it's nice Oh, that's good, and um, wish you all the, the best with um, your your club career. And in terms of, um, I'll, I'll go back to Scotland just before I go into the quite fire stuff. Um, World Cup Australia 2023. Um, do you, how much would you love to be part of that um, 23 player squad to go out there? No, of course. I, I mean, I think I'd love nothing more at this moment um, to go out there and and see what the competition is and be part of the team and you know represent your country it's just something that you know is you know so high up um, and what you want to do so yeah I mean I would love nothing more but um, we'll just see as time goes on <laughs> yeah, yeah make, make yourself a name at Rangers first and then um, see how things go yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely the best way to do so no Rachel I've enjoyed this conversation but I'll, I'll round this off with um, a few quick questions so um we mentioned the lockdown. Um, you mentioned jigsaws that you were trying to stay away from box sets, but what box sets have you been watching? Oh, I've, I've right now I'm watching Ozark. I'm not sure if you've seen it, um, right. but I, I don't know. Everyone kind of bigged it up too much. I think it's not, it's not really one I've been enjoying as much. <laughs> so I'm just kind of trying to get through it. Um, so I've kind of watched that um, at the moment. That's the, that's been the main one, and I've got friends on the background. <laughs> I just want to sit on my phone and have something on the screen, really. <laughs> um, they've been they've been my two main ones recently. Um, I think I was watching Queen of the South. I finished that not long right. ago. That I enjoyed that. That was a good one. Bridgerton and um, Netflix is supposed to be really good. I've not watched yeah. it yet. I've watched one episode. But I've not fully got in it. I wanted to finish Ozark, but my sister, she keeps telling me to watch it constantly, and I keep hearing more and more. So I'm going to have to proper go for it at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just um, take your time away from walking the dog and maybe watch one or two. Yeah, wait <laughs> 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 and see. Um, what would your uh, death row meal be? Oh, that's so hard. There's so many. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I quite. If I was going for like a out and out meal, even like see fajitas, <laughs> it sounds like such a plain boring meal. But I think I could turn to fajitas on any single day and still love them just as much as any other food. 
I don't know what it is. Um, probably because it's so easy to make, so it takes two seconds and then it is. But um, it's one that I will always go for as a favourite. I like I like the variety when I'm speaking to my guests about that. You know, most people say steak, which is probably one I would maybe go for, but a lot oh, of people, yeah, but a lot of people um have that different variety, so it's good to hear that. Um, and what drinks accompany that? I'd have to go for my favourite right now is Nine Brew Extra. Really? Oh, yeah, it's what's getting me through this lockdown. <laughs> I improve Probably should stop drinking so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just getting the adverts right now. I improve gets you through. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's it. I'm a few yeah. um, So you've been in a good few uh, dressing rooms. What's, um, you must have seen a good um, few pranks in, um, in your time. What's the best dressing room prank that you've witnessed or been involved in? Oh, God. You know, I don't even know if I've had that many. Um, I think one of the recently, maybe not such a prank, but Kirsty had brought um, disco lights um, for the change rooms, and that was a, that was probably quite a highlight at that point. Um, I can't think of any pranks, though, to be honest with you. Like, I don't think there's been many. Quite boring, really, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah. you've had many more. Yeah, I think I think a lot of you footballers are trying to be guarded for that thing, but that's understandable. What goes in the dressing room stays in the dressing room. Apart from the football pitch, where's the first place you're going after lockdown? Oh, I miss the cinemas so much. Really? Good Without job. a doubt, I'll be in the cinema. Uh, absolutely. Um, I think I was there, uh, me and Kirsty Howitt, well, we live together again now, but we used to live by ourselves before with Glasgow City, and I think we were in there twice a week, maybe <laughs> once or twice a week. Uh, just, yeah, that'll be the first place I'll be going to. <laughs> hey, so in the car or on your runs, um, what, um, what are you um, likely to be listening to? Oh, see, I keep trying to change it up right now, because I feel like I've listened to my playlist so many times, I think, because the amount of running I'm doing by myself, so keep trying to like venture out to different kind of uh, mixes and whatnot um but I'm quite a fan of the Hana um I think they'll get me going um nice. especially when I'm, I'm running and whatnot um, just ones that I quite like without playing too much you know <laughs> good stuff um who, who's been your toughest opponent would you say um well I, I suppose there's been a few internationally but if I, if I keep up with club I'm I would have to say that Wilsburg game, <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, just can't remember which one because it was several. <laughs> yeah, I know, honestly. Yeah, and um, but, um, who's who's the best coach that you've worked under? God, see, it's because I've been with coaches at different ages. I feel like every kind of ones, you know, helped me along the way in in different kind of ways. Um, I think I probably learned quite a lot of Scott there. Um, being with uh, Glasgow City, um, I'm really to be, to be honest, it's quite a hard one. Like I say, like I think every coach I've been in, I've been really lucky to have, you know, such a good coach. Like Dan Yova had Lee Birch, and I think he helped me a lot as well. And you know, being in, I haven't been in that long with uh, Malky and whatnot. So I've I've had really good coaches at Inverness, um, Aberdeen. They, they've all kind of developed me quite well. But I'll just go with I'll say with Scott just with, with being there for now. Fair enough, and um, that takes us on to you knew this was coming. Um, name a best eleven yeah. of um, players that you've played with up in, up until now. Yes, you see when I said this earlier, I tried to have a good think, and I was trying to go through everyone. It was so hard. Yeah. Um, we used to put people on the spot with us, um, so recently we started oh giving God. people prep on this, which it makes it a bit better. <laughs> but even then, know, people still I, find it hard. I I think it's because see, even with it in my head, I was like, right, this will be my team, but. 
I still have about 10 players that I would play in that position and be more than happy with. Um, I think with goalkeeper, I went with Jenna Fife. Um, I played with her at Hibs and now at Rangers. Um, so I've been around her quite a lot. But then you've got, you know, you've got Lee Alexander as well. And you've got, you know, good, really good key- keepers about. Um, but I'll just stick with Jenna Fife because that's who I decided with in my head. Um, I think my back line, which was hard as well, um, Kirsty Smith, Jenny B.E., uh, Rachel Corsi, and then Nick Dock. Um, Hope Jenny B.E.'s getting on okay after her scare. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, hopefully she's on the on the mend and you know back playing and doing well. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the thing you could again have so many players in there, but um, I went with my my middle three. Uh, I went with Haley. Caroline Weir, so Hayley Lauder, mm-hmm. Caroline Weir and Ellen Cuthbert. Um, so quite a strong midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went with Claire Emsley and Lizzie Arnott on my, my wide areas um, with Jane Ross being up the top. Yeah, so that's a, pretty, that's a pretty good team. A lot of players that played in the World Cup as well and the Euros, so no, it's a, yeah. that's a very good team. Now, Rachel, thank you very much for your time and uh, as I say, good luck for the rest of the season and thanks for coming on Scottish Football Farms Podcast. No, of course. Thanks for having me. Take care.